you're grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ, can you lift your hands? Something about the blood of Jesus, not only does it wash our sins, it holds us up. It keeps us. When we're weak, it makes us strong. When we fail, it covers us. Whatever sin you've dealt with in your life, the blood of Jesus can cover that sin today. And I'm here to tell you that today. Amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. If you're here today and you say, hey, pastor, I have a need today. There are many needs Many people dealing with sickness, many people dealing with possibility of job transfers and job changes and different situations, some seeking to find homes, some having trouble uh, in, in the court system. And there's so many needs, but I can tell you that the answer to whatever you're facing today is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you'd be bold enough and say, hey, pastor, I, I know we all know someone who has a need, but today you'd be bold enough to say, hey, pastor, I have a need. Will you lift your hand? Hey, man, hands going up all over the place. Listen, okay, let's pray together right now. God, you know each and every need in this place. God, you know each and every situation in this place. God, I pray and I speak peace. I don't know why I feel that in my heart, but I, 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 we speak peace over someone's situation today. Someone is searching deeply for peace. God, may the peace that passes all understanding that can only come from you and you alone, God, begin to cover them right now. God, in an act of faith, God, they may have lifted their hand as a last resort to say, God, I, I have this need and this is my last resort. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch that need right where they're at. 
God, I don't have to know what it is because you already do. Lord, you already know the answer. So, God, I pray right now for each and every need in this place, Lord, those who are struggling, God, with sickness, God, in our community. God, I, I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. Those who are dealing with addiction, God, I plead the blood of Jesus. I pray that that curse be broken over their life. God, I pray, Lord, that they would be made whole. God, that they would be put in the right minds. God, I ask today, Lord, that you would touch every need. And God, most of all, Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for accomplishing each and everything. Can you do this in an act of faith? Can you lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord in advance for answering prayers? It's easy to, to praise Him after you get an answer, but sometimes we got to move in faith and begin to thank Him for the answer when we don't even see the answer, don't even know the answer. There's a sweet presence of the Lord in this house today. And whatever you need today, I want you to, to reach up and just ask the Lord for it because I believe that He'll meet you right where you're at today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just love on him. Come on, just love on him. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that even though I don't see it, don't see the answer, God, I trust you. God, even when I, I, I don't feel like, I, and it feels like my world's crumbling around me, God, I believe you're holding me up with your strong right arm your right hand, and you're keeping me. God, and even when I feel alone, God, and I feel like that maybe I'm by myself, Lord, you said, Lord, that you are a, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God, in the midst of my storm, you're, you're walking with me. God, you're carrying me at times. And so, God, I lean into you today. Lord, we lean into you today, today Lord Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, can you lift your hands? We're, I, I don't know why. I just feel like that we should sing this song. When we began to sing this song earlier, it, it just I was reminded of this song, this old song. And, and I believe that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, two of you believe that there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, can you sing this if you know it? Say, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Come on, sing it out, church. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes. It washes white as snow. There's healing in the blood. Come on, sing it out if you need that. Come on, 
on. Some of you are getting your healing right now. Some of you are getting your healing right now. Come on now. There's victory. Come on. There's victory in the blood of Jesus. There's victory in the blood of Jesus. There's victory. Come on. praise of the house today. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Come on. Listen, the blood of Jesus still works and it still has power today and it still moves. I, I, I believe that. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap of praise if you believe that. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor, if you will, and say, there is power in the blood of Jesus. I heard a preacher say one time, you know what, I want to be so filled with, with, the, with the power of God in my life that when I get bit by a mosquito, it goes away singing, there is power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's good to see you today. We're so glad that you're here and you may be seated today. Amen. I tell you what, it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. It is so good to see all of our kids in the house. Let's hear it up for the kids. Hey, if you would normally be in kids' church, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand up right now. Stand up. Come on, let's give all these guys a hand. So good to see you guys today. Just stay right there for just a moment. Sorry, sorry, Kenley. Uh, it's so good to see everyone today. And I tell you what, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. How many feel the presence of the Lord in the house today? I, I tell you what, one thing I love about God is once you get, once you draw close to God, you can't help but be changed. You know, uh, you can have a bad week, but once you begin to pray and you begin to seek the Lord, you begin to draw nigh to Him, and He draws nigh to you. You can't help but be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, I am pumped about that. You may not be, but I am, because I don't know about you. If it was not for Jesus. Where would I be? I may be dead. I may not be alive, but God has sustained me. God has kept me, and God will keep me for eternity because his blood secures me. Amen. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Man, I tell you what, I am pumped, and I am about ready to just preach it down up here. 
And it may, it may bounce off the walls, but I'll be preaching to myself today if I have to. I, uh, I, we've got just a, a few orders of business or a few things we need to kind of go over. We have a lot going on in the month of September. We're coming out of this month of August. And I tell you what, I blinked and the summer disappeared. I cannot believe that we're, we're knocking on September already, uh, knocking on the door to go into September. And uh, the month of September and October, we've got a lot going on. And uh, we've got some announcements. And I want to just kind of, we're going to, instead of just bombarding you at the end of service with a ton of announcements, there's some that I want to just kind of bring to you and talk to you about. The first one being this, in the month of September, our denomination, the denomination that we're affiliated with, that we uh, fellowship with is the Pentecostal Church of God. And uh, one of the things that our leadership has asked us to do in the month of September, they ask all of the churches, they have this, this uh, program, and they call the month of September Impacting Eternity. And they ask each church in our denomination, wherever they are, across this nation, across the world, they ask them to participate in some sort of outreach outside the doors of your church. They don't specify what that has to look like. They just say, hey, you do something that will impact the kingdom of God. How many know that we're supposed to be making an impact for the kingdom of God? If it's all about us, then we just have a club. If we're not outwardly focused, we, 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 uh, we're missing the point. And so we're going to be doing something. We had uh, uh, talked to the staff this last week, and we've, we're just kind of praying about it. And, uh, man, there's so many good ministries out there. I, I went to a meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, well, about a week, about 10 days ago, uh, and, and got, to, got connected with a ministry that does um, uh, uh, foster care. And uh, I was just blown away. And you know what? If we look, we will find needs. And if we, if we just find places, God will use us in a mighty way. And I, I was blown away by that. But what we're going to be doing is uh, there's a, there is a, a local place here that helps kids that uh, move from foster care here in our county. And it's called Susie's Place. And we reached out to them and asked them how we could help them and how we could benefit them. And, uh, and what they have is they have uh, kids that, that come in. Um, they provide neutral, child-friendly center for the uh, investigations of alleged child abuse and neglect while maintaining the comfort and safety to the child. And, and oftentimes, you know what? These kids need a safe place to go. Sometimes they don't have a place to go, and sometimes they don't know who to trust. But, but this, pro, this program, they do that, and this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a drive all across the church from 0 to 99. If you're above 99, I don't think we have anyone above 99, but if you're above 99, this includes you too, okay? Um, but we are going to be doing a drive, and, and what we're asking you to do, starting for the month of September, September 5th till the last Sunday, September 29th, we're going to be doing a drive for individually uh, wrapped snacks um, and juice boxes and, and smaller uh, water bottles. And we just ask that when you're at the grocery store, pick, pick something up. And what, this, what they do is when these kids come in, they, they give them something. And, and sometimes, you know, it can be as simple to calm someone down. But it could be as simple as just handing them a snack and a drink at times. And so uh, we want to be able to help them. Now, you say, hey, that's, that's a pretty easy thing. Well, if you got something else on your heart, let me know. And we'll go dig a ditch for Jesus if you want to. 
Uh, but uh, we wanted to do that, and we wanted you to be a part of that. We want you, the, the kids department, they're going to be uh, doing that as well. And your kids may, may, when you get home, may ask you, hey, Mom, Dad, we're supposed to be getting snacks for, for Susie's place. And so you guys, you guys can do that in our youth department. And, and even if you're not in those departments and you're above, and maybe you're, you're in the senior department. You could still do that. You could still reach out. So we ask that you do that. Um, what I'd like to do right now, and, and, and this was not on the on the here. I'm flying by the seat of my pants right now. But I'm going to ask David Bush to come up here real fast. I appreciate David. And uh, he does a great job uh, with our Royal Rangers. And uh, they have been busy, 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 busy over the summer. They've had a couple of campouts, and they're about to do another one. And I was going to talk about this, and I think it may be on the announcements, Carrie. So I, but but I wanted you to hear firsthand of of some of the uh, praise results from from their campouts, and also what they have coming up in the month of September. Thank you, and good morning. So, if you're not familiar with Royal Rangers, we are a ministry that evangelize, equip, and empower the next generation of. Christ-like men and lifelong servant leaders. And that's what we meet on Wednesday nights. We have classes for kindergarten through sixth grade, but Rangers actually goes all the way through high school. So whenever we have special events, the junior high and high schoolers are always invited along. Um, about a month ago, uh, CWC sent seven folks to Ranger Fest up in Lake Placid, Indiana for our Olympic-themed um, campout. There were I believe eight other outposts that we got to fellowship with and compete against in some Olympic sort of games. And we just had a wonderful time um, in competition and fun, fellowship, and around the altar. Um, we had a Royal Ranger missionary come. Oh, I'll get to that. <laughs> Our special speaker was a Royal Ranger missionary. Um, Rangers has, I believe, seven missionaries that work around the world. Um, it's an international program, I believe, in 95 countries. So it's a big deal, and I'm, I'm glad that we're a part of it. Um, some of the competitions that we were in, um, Corbin got second place in BB gun shoot. And my nephew, Logan, um, he got second place in ping pong. And then we, you may have seen us out here on Wednesday nights. We were building a bobsled, a two-person bobsled, and the thing was fast. We, we won first place every race we ran. So. so that ended up uh, giving us quite a few points um, towards our overall competition, and somehow... With four boys, we came away with third place, so we were really excited. <laughs> um, I want to tell you briefly about some of our upcoming events. We have a camp out in two weekend, uh, two weeks from now. Um, it's a local camp out, so the cost is uh, much less than Ranger Fest. Um, there's permission slips at the information desk. You can always come and talk to me for information, but I'd like to get a big a group to go out for that. Um, I'll just plant a little seed in your in your mind. Every 
February, we race derby cars, the little pinewood cars. So right after Christmas, we start building cars, and that's for um, anyone in the church, boys, girls, adults, um, anyone's welcome to come race. And um, one more event coming up that I'm getting excited about. We have a Camperama. Um, it happens about every four years. COVID messed it up, it, so it'll be six years since there's been a Camperama. But um, there's about 5,000 people come and camp at Camperama in um, Missouri. So I know, I've told the boys, I'm going, either you go or not. So if there are boys and their parents that are interested, we need to start planning on that because we need to do fundraising and stuff. So please come see me about any of those events. Thank you very much. Sometimes it's good just to hear it from the horse's mouth, right? And so uh, I wanted to do that. I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come up here real fast. She's, she didn't know I was doing this. I'm going to be in trouble when I get home. <laughs> uh, how many know that uh, the hope for the world is the church? The hope for the world is the church, but the way that God ordained things is we got to have healthy families to have a healthy church. But listen, I have to have a healthy marriage to have a healthy family. Amen. And so we're, we're going to be doing, uh, we weren't able to do it last year because of COVID and social distancing. We didn't want husbands and wives getting close to each other. I ignored that rule, I'm just going to say. Um, uh, but no, we, uh, we have a marriage conference coming up, and uh, I, I'm going to ask my wife to give you some details. about. She's going to glare at me and, and let me know about this oh, and a, little bit, and a little bit later, but I'm going to have her give some details on this. Thank you, dear. Um, who's married? Raise your hand. So if you raise your hand, you. Um, we are going to have my friends this year, October 1st and 2nd, it's a Friday night, Saturday, and it'll be in Corden, Indiana. Um, I don't believe that the church has done anything there before. Um, it's about 20, 25 minutes, I believe, from Louisville. And um, we just got a really great deal on a venue there. And so we're going to try to get the costs down and just really focus on spending time together with our spouses and each other. So um, we're kind of planning on Friday night doing a game night, uh, just a fun time together, just to s join, you know, laugh with each other and play games and eat. We're going to cater in some food from Rita's, I think it's Rita's Taco Shop. I've heard good things about it, never personally had it, so we'll find out together, but it's supposed to be really good. Um, and then Saturday, we'll have two sessions, um, and then we'll break for lunch. We want you guys to go out with your spouses um, you can join with other people if you want to, but to spend time together, go on a date. I mean, that's important. We do that as often as possible. So if you're at a conference, you should do that too. Um, and then we'll break or we'll end before lunch or dinner that night. So that is the plan. The cost is $150 for, your, for both of you, the couple, and it covers your hotel room, your conference fee, dinner Friday night, and then we'll provide snacks on Saturday. Um, most of the hotels will provide breakfast, so you're just going to have to get your own lunch when you go out with your spouse that day. 
Um, and we need you to register today or next Sunday. Next Sunday is the deadline where we have to make sure that the hotels are booked and that the rooms that we blocked are secured. So if you don't register by next Sunday, you may be able to go if you can find a room, but I can tell you it was really difficult to find space. So just let us know. We'll be at the back if you want to pay after service or have any questions. All right. Hey, babe. So you, we're going to play games Friday night. And uh, now watch this. How good are we when we, we play together as a team in a game? Probably better than if we play an opposing team. Opposing teams. But my wife will not play certain games with me because she says I'm too competitive when we play, play against each other. I'm not. So we're going to go to the marriage conference. Well, that's why we're doing game night Friday. So Saturday we can all get our hearts right and, like, and fi fix what breaks on Friday. It's perfect. Give my wife a hand. I've been loving that lady for 18 plus years, longer than that. And um, I tell you what, I don't know what I'd do without my wife. She keeps me organized. She keeps me going in the right direction. And when I'm off in left field, she says, come on, TJ, come back this way and gets me going the right direction. And so I appreciate her. Uh, it's so good to see you today. I, I don't, I don't want to keep you long. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. You're going to need your Bible today. This is why you bring your Bible to church, because sometimes the projector messes up. And today was just one of those days. Man, I, how many love technology? You got to love it. And uh, we were working on it back there, and I was doing my best before service, and I was I was anxious, and I was like, why can't I get this to work? And then I began to think the early church, and I began to think about the, the underground church in Afghanistan. They're just trying to meet together, and I'm worried about a projector. I'm like, hey, you, you just need to love on Jesus, and we'll let the word of God go forth. Amen? Uh, Luke chapter 5, and uh, we're going to be in verses 12 through 16. Um, and I'm going to read this. Uh, it, 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 it says this. Uh, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation today. Um, if, you, if you have your Bible, and it, it may look just slightly different than what you got, but it says this. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. And when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me. Everyone say, he's willing. Yeah, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and, and touched him, and he said, what? I am willing, he said. Be healed, and instant, instantly the leprosy disappeared. Let's pray today. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your kindness. God, there's just a sweet presence in this house today. God, I don't think it's by accident that we sang about the blood of Jesus, and I don't think it's by accident that you've orchestrated this service in the direction that it's going. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to just uh, mold our hearts this morning. God, soften our hearts for the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that it goes forth in power and might with anointing, God. God, use me how you see fit today. God, have your will and way. 
In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. I want to talk to you guys, and thank you, Kentley. I want to talk to you guys about, on this simple subject of be clean. Everyone say, be clean. I was, uh, I was hoping I would be able to get this. There's a, when me and Tristan were, uh, we had Zaley and White. They were both, both really young. And uh, I think Zaley may have been around three years old. Wyatt may have been around one-ish. I don't know. But I was at work, and, uh, and while I was working, Tristan was watching the kids. And uh, she got preoccupied doing something. How many of your moms ever get preoccupied sometimes when you're, when you're watching your kids? And uh, the kids got quiet. How many know when the kids get quiet, something's going on? I love, I love when you go to like a, 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 a mom who has a young child and you can be having a good conversation with like they invite you over for dinner. You can be having a good conversation and they're like, hold on, it's too quiet. And they'll go walk and they'll go look around and, and figure out what's going on because they know something's not right. But uh, in, in this process, Tristan was, was preoccupied and I wish the projector would have been able to work today. Uh, uh, but Zaley had gotten into the cupboard and we had a container of flour in there. And she got this flour, and uh, she was old enough to do it. Wyatt, you were just a victim of circumstance there, buddy. He just happened to be there. And they began to take this flour and rub it all over the floor. Rub it. She would put it on Wyatt's head. She put it on, in her hair. And there was flour everywhere. And Tristan, you know, being a mom, she got a little curious. It got really quiet. She walked into the kitchen, which had been clean, and there was flour everywhere, including all, all over the kids. I wish I had a picture of it. And I remember, uh, you know, Tristan, you know what she did? This is how good of a mom Tristan is. She didn't get on to them. She went and got a camera and took a picture of it. You know you're a good parent when you do that, right? And so uh, I wish we had that picture today, but we do not have that picture today. Maybe one day I'll just flash it up there just for Zaley and Wyatt, Wyatt's sake. And, uh, and, but anyways, and, and so Tristan, she said, oh, now i got to clean up this mess. Anybody ever spilled a bag of flour? It is very hard to get it all up. It gets in the, the cracks of, uh, you know, everywhere. It, I mean, it, it just kind of just goes everywhere. Well, she took the kids after, you know, and kind of getting them, and she put them in the bath. And guess what happened when she put them in the bath? Little dough, dough balls began to form all over them when she would try to. So I want to just talk to you about being clean today. Everyone say, be clean. And, and so, thank you. Man, I love that. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 12 through 16, I'm going to read again. It says, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And verse 13 says, Jesus reached out and touched him. He says, I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. How many know that when Jesus touches a situation, he changes it? Amen. 
I want to talk to you, and I don't want to exegete uh, leprosy today. I don't want to. I want to break down leprosy. We don't really hear about leprosy so much in America. Leprosy, leprosy is still a thing in, in, in a lot of foreign countries and third world countries. But leprosy is a skin ailment. Uh, it was highly contagious uh, during during biblical days. It's still highly contagious, and it was so dangerous that people uh, thought to have had leprosy were not allowed in the city. Kind of sounds like you know, kind of us and our. Are, you know, hey, you got to social distance here. You got to be away from each other. They were not allowed in the city. And lepers, uh, you know, matter of fact, lepers, when they went into the city or when they were passing by someone, they would have to yell, unclean, just so they would know, hey, I have leprosy. You might want to give me a little bit of distance here because if we rub up against each other, you might have a chance of getting leprosy. And, and they were called unclean. And if they were healed, by law, they were supposed to go through this cleansing process um, that the Lord had orchestrated in Leviticus 14. If you need some good reading and you can't go to sleep at night, Leviticus 14, you can read about that cleansing process, which included shaving your head. Some of us are not that far from doing that. Uh, shaving, it meant, uh, shaving your head, and it meant, uh, this is the one that I like, shaving your eyebrows uh, it meant uh, washing their clothes, and it meant bathing in water, as well as a list of atonement sacrifices. And I want to make a comparison with leprosy today because, uh, you know, like leprosy, uh, oftentimes with any small ailment or skin ailment, or if you get a rash, it starts small, right? And sometimes if it's untreated, it can spread, right? It's what happens with leprosy. It starts small. We may not even notice it, and it may start really small. And we might even be able to cover it up, right, if it's in the right right spot. When nobody knows about it. But leprosy is similar to sin. It starts as something small. And oftentimes in our lives, sin starts as something small. And small things left unchecked can quickly Turn to life-threatening situations, right? And, and, and that's what happens with leprosy. And it'll spread causing, oh, you guys better buckle up. It'll spread, talking about leprosy, causing infected pus pockets and blemishes on the skin. Everyone go, ugh. And when this, uh, when this disease is spread at its worst, the leopard would oftentimes lose appendages. And their ears would fall off. And their nose would start to rot. And their skin would begin to rot. Everyone say, look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty gross. But like leprosy, sin starts small and it spreads. And it oftentimes can, you know, be something that we can hide at first. But if we keep doing it, it begins to spread into our life. So, so we can, and oftentimes we can live with them and we can hide them and no one will notice our condition. We become infected and Next thing we know, we, we spread, it begins to spread on us, and then we get around other people, and it, it may even spread to them. And, and then we start losing parts of us. And sin, this is what I know about sin. You've heard me make this statement many, many times from this pulpit. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. For the wages of sin is... All right. So like, like the lepers, sinners uh, are... And uh, have been pushed, you know, oftentimes we, in church, church realms, not our church, and I, and I pray this is, isn't our church, but I'm going to tell you this is an easy mindset to get into. Oftentimes in church, we forget that this church is a hospital, not a club sometimes. This is a place for the sick and the afflicted and those who are struggling. 
And oftentimes, sometimes, unfortunately, some churches, uh, they like to push and keep the sinners out. Like, much like they did with the lepers there. They kept them out of the city. They kept them away from everybody because they were an issue to them. And, and listen, it's not our job as a church to keep the sinners out. Our job is to compel them to come. Amen? And so that is our job. And so, and this is what I love. Jesus is the friend of sinners. You know how I know that? He loves me. You know how you know that? He loves you. And so Jesus is the friend of sinners. And I love that. But all too often we stop right there. And in reality, Jesus is a friend of sinners. But Jesus is also a friend of the saints. And he loves the prostitute, and he loves the prophet. He loves the thief, and he loves the preacher. And God's will is simply this, that none should perish. That is, his, that is the Lord's will for us. Second Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Say, he's being patient for my sake. He, he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Look at your neighbor and say, that includes you. So here we have this situation, and, and I don't want to keep you long today, where a leper and Jesus cross paths, where a sinner and Jesus cross paths. Path and when when that happens, you can only you can only uh, uh, know where the story is going to go. You know something happens when Jesus crosses paths with people. So here's my first point, and you've heard me say this a lot, and I don't know why the Lord keeps reiterating this to me, but I, I, I don't know if God is trying to to position us and trying to set us in a direction here. But l here's my first point: your faith will position you for a miracle. So I have a friend in California, and, uh, and uh, his name is Jeff Hooker. And Jeff Hooker went on a trip with me one time to go speak at a camp. I, t I was able to take a, a, a group of kids with me to go speak at a camp. And he helped with the worship team, and he's a musician, and he's a great kid. And, and I love him to death. He's a punk kid that lived down the street from me, and God did a radical change within him. And... We went on this trip, and I remember before we got on the flight to come home, we had a great trip, great camp, and we're able to do some fun things. Before we got on the flight to go home, I remember sitting there with all the youth and everybody, and I said, I said, you know, as many times as I've flown, I've never, ever flown first class. And we were talking about it, and they were like, well, what's it like? And I said, I don't know. I'm not that bougie. I don't know what it is to, to, to sit up there and if you fly first class, good for you. Um, but I've never been able to do that. And, um, but check this out. We were sitting there, and the, the lady got on the intercom, and she said, I need Jeff Hooker to come to the desk. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, because he was like 16, 17 years old. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be going up there because something ain't right here, you know. And so she brought him up there, and she said, we have this issue. A lady had to to, to book, a, book a ticket for her and her small child, and, and we didn't have enough seats. And so she had to book her, her flight. Uh, her ticket seat was up in first class, and her small child was in um, uh, coach or normal. And, and, 
it just happened to be sitting right next to Jeff. And she is willing, Jeff Hooker, to trade seats with you so she can be by her baby. Jeff, do you want to move to first class? Yes, I do. Punk kid got to go up to first class, and I remember he looked back at us, and he had his warm towel, and he did tell the story that when he got off the plane, off the plane, I was, he was, <laughs> he told the story. He said he was sitting there next to a guy, I guess it was a business traveler, and he was sitting there, and, and uh, you know, and he said, the guy next to him said, how do you like, like this seat? He said, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here right now. He goes, I don't, I've never been here before. And he said, well, I didn't get mine by the lottery. I paid for mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so, but sometimes because of his seat number, because of the position of his seat, he was able to move up. And, and same thing goes for us. Because of the position of our faith, God can move in our lives if we allow him to. Um, and here's the thing. The guy, this leper, it was do or die time with him. It was either get up and go take a risk and go find this man that he's heard about that can heal people and, and take the risk of running through town and going to find Jesus and be out in the middle of public and maybe hiding and not... Constantly going, unclean, unclean, so everyone will scatter. But he took a risk. It is do or die time. Uh, have you ever had your back against the wall? You had no choice but to push forward? I don't know. I, I, there's, I think a very similar story is in Mark chapter 5 with the woman with the issue of blood. This was a woman who had had a struggle for many, many years. And her back was against the wall. And when your back's against the wall, sometimes all you can do, and she didn't even have the ability, she crawled to get to Jesus because the crowd was so great, and she fought her way to Jesus. And some of you, some of us, and need to remember, in the struggle, some of us right now in our situations, you may feel like you're fighting, but all you're doing every day is you're getting up and you're getting a little bit closer to Jesus. And I want to tell you, press on until you get to him. Uh, I love that. So many times we complain about God not, uh, uh, we complain about God, about Him not changing our situation, but yet we sit on our backside and don't do anything about it and have no faith. And so many times we, we, we do that. God bless my finances and uh, my finances are down and my blood pressure is high. Anybody ever been there? Well, let me ask you this Are you tithing? Are you giving sacrificially to the Lord? What about this? Oh, my marriage is falling apart. Oh, we have a marriage conference coming up. I'm going to add that in there. My marriage is falling apart, and I don't know why. Well, are you going to church? Are you serving God with all your heart? Are you, are you looking for counseling? Have you prayed with your spouse? I love that. But just like the woman with the issue of blood, we have to push through sometimes. It's not always easy. And like the leper, he had to get up. Make a decision. You know what? I could sit out here outside this gate, but I know that if I can get to Jesus, I can make my plea with him. James 4, 8, and I said this earlier, draw nigh to God or run to God and he'll run to you. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. That is a promise. Let me rephrase. Let me say that again. That is a promise of God. Can I tell you this? When you run towards God... When you take a step towards God, he'll run towards you. 
That's what he does. And so your faith moves the Lord. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, your faith moves the Lord. All right. Here's the second one. His touch will change you. I told you we're going to be really, 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 really simple today. His touch will change you. Everyone say, his touch will change you. Verse 13, verse 13 says this. Jesus reached out and he did what? He touched him. He says, I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. I don't know about you. If Jesus did that with me, I would be astonished and amazed. And he does the unthinkable in those days. Think about this. He doesn't speak to the the leper. He doesn't just uh, speak to him, but he actually goes out and he literally does the unthinkable and touches an unclean leper. Remember, that was taboo. You didn't do that. Matter of fact, it, it, you know, if you, if you accidentally touched a leper and maybe you didn't get leprosy, you still had to go through this atoning, clean, cleansing process before you could be around people. And so Jesus does the unthinkable. He doesn't just speak to the situation. He actually touches the situation and he heals the man. And I love that. And Jesus didn't say, hey, leper, you know, he doesn't have a name, but and the Bible doesn't name him, but he doesn't look at him and just say, hey, leper, you need to go to seminary, and now you need to go to Bible college, and you have to serve in an overseas mission, and you gotta, you got you to gotta work with the youth department. And he, he didn't do that. He simply said, uh, you want to be clean? Here it is. I am willing. That's a word for somebody today. That's a word for somebody today. Said, I believe, I believe that you may be feeling polluted. You may be feel, feeling tainted by sin. Anybody ever felt that way? Maybe there's a habit that you have, and you're struggling, and, and it's killing you, and, and you know you need to let And maybe that habit has, has a grasp on you today. Can I tell you, there, there's a moment if you'll just say, Lord, I want to be clean. Jesus is saying, be healed and be clean today. We talked about the blood of Jesus. We sang about the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus changes us. I'll never understand how red blood can, can wash a black heart and wash it white as snow. But Jesus' blood does that. And, it, and Jesus will touch you. And here's what I know. This is what I know. When Jesus changes you, when you have a real response to Jesus, you won't go back. You won't go back. The situation that you are in, whatever it is, the sin that you want, when you have a real, how many remember the day that you got saved? How many remember the day that you got up and you felt like the burden was lifted off of you? I talked to someone this week, and, and they're in a transitional position, and, and they, they said, I feel like a heavy burden was lifted off of me this week. And that's what happens when we come to know Jesus. The burden of sin that weighs us down, that tries to kill us, that tries to just, you know, make you feel like nothing. When we come to know Jesus, when we invite him into our heart, it is lifted up off of us. God does the heavy lifting. Aren't you glad for that? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Uh, too many times 
goodwill people try to walk with sinners and eventually are plagued by the sins that these sinners they walk with. I talked a little bit about that uh, on Wednesday, and I talked about it last, I believe, last week, and I, about being chameleons. God's not called the people of God to be chameleons in this world, that when we come into the church, we look like Christians. When we get out of the church and we go about our week and we go to work, that we start looking like the world. God has called us to be separate, to be apart, to be a holy, uh, a peculiar people, a set-apart people that is not like this, to be uh, in this world but not of this world. So uh, how often in our lives... uh, Do we know that God wants to heal us, but oftentimes we doubt his willingness to do it? Anybody ever had a little bit of doubt in your heart? Anybody ever doubted God? Am I the only person in here who's ever doubted God? All right. You know, there's been moments in my life. But what I've found found out in my life is that, you know, oftentimes in my life, I question if God is willing to do certain things, but really the truth is God loves you. God wants what's best for you. God wants to move on your behalf. But oftentimes it's my doubt that is keeping him from moving in my life. I talked about positioning yourself. Um, God, I know you can fix my situation, but I, I just don't think you want to. Anybody ever said that? All right. I I have in my life. And as believers, we have to stop putting God in our box. And and we do this as believers. We put him in a box and we say, hey, God, you're getting tired. Or he doesn't want the best for me. And he doesn't want to do these things. Let me tell you, let God out of your box. He's bigger than your box. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says this. Have you Never heard. Have you never understood? Catch that out. He's catching your attention. The writer here is catching your attention. He's saying, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all earth. Look at this. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But look at this. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Scripture says this. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let me put it to you another way. That translation is a little bit different. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I believe God's given me a sermon next week, and I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm really working on it. I, I think next week I'm going to talk to you guys about waiting patiently on the Lord. Um, I don't know. I just felt, I don't know why I needed to tell you that, but I felt like I needed to tell you that. Look at your neighbor. Say, next week be here. I'm talking about waiting. When God touches you, you are forever changed. How many are forever changed because you made a commitment to know Jesus? How many are walking different than you did before you you knew Jesus? 
Amen. How many love the Lord more today than you ever have? Amen. I, I tell you what. I, amen. There is freedom in the Lord's touch. There's freedom in the Lord's touch. Here's my last point. I'm going to ask the musicians to come down here quickly. Quickly. Come on down. Uh, come on. Run. Run. Third point here, and this is a powerful, potent point right here. Third point, your testimony will precede you. So the leper, remember, he put himself in a position. He, he left the outer courts of the city, went into the city to find Jesus because he knew Jesus was there. He took a risk. He said, what have I to lose? I'm going to run. I'm going to go down here. I'm going I'm I'm to do what I need to do to get to where Jesus is. He took that risk, and there he was. And then when he saw Jesus, he fell down, and he said, Lord, if you are willing, will you heal me? And, God, and Jesus said that day, I am willing be healed. And Jesus touched him. But look at this. The last part of this is your testimony will precede you. Has anybody ever had something good happen in your life? Maybe you got moved up to first class and you didn't deserve it. Jeff, I hope you're watching online. I'm, I'm not bitter. Maybe you got a new car. You get a new car, right? Hey, look at my new car. Yeah. Smells good inside. Maybe you got a new house. Yeah, I got to go tell everybody. Maybe you got a new job. I got a new job. I got a raise. Maybe you're getting married. I'm getting married. Right? When we, when we ha something good happens to us, we got to let people know. And that's okay. We got to tell somebody. We, we, we tell people. We love to tell the good things that are happening in our lives. We do it all the time. But check this out. So Jesus heals the leper. He places his hands on him and give, touches him. And then he gives them some, just almost some, some restricting directions here. In verse 14 it says, then Jesus instructed him to tell to not to tell anyone what had happened. Shh. Don't tell anyone. Go to the priest. Let him examine you. Take, take along your, the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. Remember I talked about that, Leviticus 14. Uh, this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Jesus says, hey, don't just go marching and yelling it through the streets. I, I want you to do this. I want you to go to the priest, and I want you to go through this process that, that, that you're supposed to go through. And some of you might be able to find it. I don't know. I, I couldn't find it. This is the first man that I could think of in the Bible who was told to go see a priest to be examined and to go through the cleansing process since the inception of the law of Leviticus chapter 14. The only other, you know, I, Naaman was cleansed as a leper, but he was the commander of a Syrian army, so he, he wasn't a, a follower of Jewish law, so he wouldn't have done that. But can I tell you, before you had a problem, look, look at me, before you had a problem, God had an answer. 
before whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever that is, no matter how big it is, how small it is, God had an answer for you. He was setting things up that would give him glory through your situation. 1,200 years before this leper existed, God spoke to Moses to write a law dealing with the cleansing of the lepers of skin, uh, of skin diseases that would be, in fact, be a testimony to the grace of Jesus Christ and the goodness of Jesus. I love that. God orchestrates things. He knows what he's doing. He puts things in order. And look, look at this. If Romans 2.11 says God is not a respecter of persons, right? And if, if he's not a respect, respecter of persons, uh, you know, if, if God will orchestrate something for a nameless leper that is put into the Bible, what makes you think that God didn't orchestrate the answer to your situation today? I love that. I, I, I do. He's not, he's not a respecter. I'm here to declare today that he cares about you and your situation that you're dealing with. And he's wanting to move on your behalf. Verse 15 says this. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster. Jesus told him, say, shh, go to the priest. Go through that process. But word got out. Sometimes word gets out, right? And, and, and so the report of his power spread even faster. And the vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So we know that Jesus would do that after oftentimes he would be with the crowd. He would go and, and pray alone. It doesn't say, uh, but we can only hope that a man was working his way to the priest or made it to the priest, but the goodness of God's grace and mercy cannot be contained and it, and it spread like wildfire. The man had been healed by Jesus. It, it just happened. Can I tell you something? Some of you need to be reminded of this. Some of you may, may feel like a leper. Some of you were a leper. But there is power in your testimony. I don't care if you've been saved 500 years in here and you're 561 years old. God bless you. Glad you're here today. Your testimony has power. Believer, your testimony has power. There's power in your testimony today. Saints, seasoned saints, Christians, we ought to be careful not to let our testimonies, not to let our testimonies get quiet or die. And some of us need to dust them off and tell people how God saved you, how God delivered you from drugs. Some of you say, oh, I'm ashamed of, of what happened. Say, you need to let someone know there's someone that may be depending on you. You need to tell people how God set you free from depression. And you need to tell people how God saved your marriage. And you need to tell people how he set you free from lust and the bondage of, of sin. And people are going to be drawn to Jesus because of your testimony.
Rhea just told me she has a testimony. You have a testimony. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Just if you'll just be patient with me in just a moment. Revelation, you know how to defeat Satan? You know how to defeat Satan? Revelation 12, 11 says this. Look, I want you to look at the verbiage of this. And they, and they, talking about you, talking me, they have defeated him, talking about the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And some of you need to testify. And him in that verse being Satan, Diablo, the devil. Are you saved? Been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Check. Have you testified how God saved you? And I believe that the church would have more overcoming power in the Lord if we begin to testify again. It's simple. Tell someone your testimony. Tell them how Jesus brought you out. And this is what I know. When God touches you, maybe you're in this situation today. Maybe you're like the leper, and you don't know what to do. Let me tell you, position yourself to get to Jesus. And then when you get to Jesus, let him touch you. And when God touches you, your testimony will precede you. Amen. Do you believe that today? You've heard me tell this story many, 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 many times. And I'm going to give you the short version, but how God saved me. And I'll never forget, when I was 15 years old, I was at a conference large building, uh, many people there, and we went with our church, and sitting in the balcony with our church, and I remember this guy spoke, and I remember being up there, and I remember feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit gripping my heart while this guy was speaking, and he made an altar call, and I remember thinking, I need to go down there to that altar today. I need to position myself like the leper. I, I need to get from, I've been, I've been on the outside. I, I need to get to Jesus. I need to, I know what I need to do. And I remember fighting in my mind, going, what, what, will, the, what will the people of the church say about you? You're, you're, the, you're the pastor's son. What are they going to think when you go down to the altar? They're going to say, oh, something's wrong with him. And, and I began to, in my mind, fight. I don't want them to think that there's something wrong with me. I'll just sit here, Lord, and I'll just quietly make a confession right here in my seat. And, and I'll do that. And I'll never forget, I, I was making every excuse not to move. And I'll never forget, it, it was the Holy Spirit. This speaker looked exactly where I was in the balcony. And he pointed right to me. And he said, you're making every ex- excuse that you can. And you need to come down here. And I'll never forget I didn't do anything. I just felt my feet get up, and I just started bawling, and I just like, get out of my way, get out of my way. And I had to make that moment. And from that moment, I was forever changed. It was number one because I, like this leper, I, I had some sin in my life, and I had to position myself in faith and say, God, I need to, and I had to meet Jesus where he wanted to meet me. And when I went down there, I said, God, I'm sorry. And you know what? He, he touched me. And the blood of Jesus began to forgive me and begin to cover me. I was like, God, I'm sorry. And today, I stand here today, a cleansed person, free from sin. 
I share my testimony with you. I know you've heard it a hundred times. It's the only one I got. I'll make up another one sometime. One time I was in the circus. No, I'm just kidding. But I believe, I believe this right now. Faith is being charged in this room right now, and the Holy Spirit's moving in the hearts of, of lives. And God's love is calling. He's wooing you today. Will you bow your heads with me? Some of you have been dealing with hidden sins in your life, and, and maybe you're like the leper, and maybe they're not, you're not fully covered in sin. Maybe you are. I don't know. But I believe God wants to do something in your life today. If you're here with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I want to give you a chance to know Jesus Christ. God cast a vote for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. He's buried. He raised from the dead. He's coming back again. He's victorious over death, hell, and the grave and sin once and for all. God cast a vote for you. The devil cast one against you. And you hold the deciding vote today. You're here under the sound of my voice. You say, hey, I, I want to know this Jesus. I know this was simple today, but I, I felt compelled by the Lord to simplify it today. Say, so I want to know Jesus today. I want to know Jesus. No one looking around. Will you just lift up your hand? Anybody in the building, I want to know Jesus today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait just a moment. I'm going to wait just a moment. I want to know Jesus today. Anybody, lift up your hand. Come on. Come on. I'm going to tarry just a moment. I'm going to wait just a moment. Don't miss your moment to respond. All right. Maybe you're here and you say, hey, TJ, I was saved a long time ago. But I am, I've gotten away from my testimony and I forgot that the power that it has. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, but I need to speak my testimony. I need to tell someone what Jesus did for me. I believe faith is rising in this house. Say, hey, pastor, that's me. Will you lift your hand and say, I, I, need, to, I, need, to, I need to speak my testimony again. Come on, anybody in the building, lift your hand. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? We're going to wait just a moment. It's all right. I promise the food will be there when you get there. Will you stand with me all across this building? Let's begin to pray. God, I pray that faith would arise, God, that our testimonies would go forth in power and in might. God, that not that we would get the glory from what, for what you've done in our lives, but that you would get the glory through us by the words that proceed out of our mouth, by the life that we live, by the testimony that we, that we carry, God, that people will know that Jesus changes things and that God changes hearts and that God moves on behalf of people 
And God, I pray today, God, give us a boldness to speak our hearts, God, of what you've done for us. Let us tell the world how good you are and how great you are. God, like this leper, we don't know his name, but God, you changed him forever. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to give us boldness in this time, in this place. And we worship you. We honor you, Jesus. Can you stretch your hands towards heaven just, just for a moment? Come on, worship the Lord with us just for a moment. Scripture says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would seal that in our hearts, Lord, that you would remind us, Lord, to, 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 to tell the good news of what you've done in our lives. God, to each and every person that we cross paths with, God, may you get the glory and may you, may you be praised forever and ever and ever. Amen. God, we thank you for this. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I, I want to share with you what, what Rhea, what Rhea uh, told me as she this morning. She normally has to wear a particular belt for her health. And this morning, she took, she took a step of faith, and she came with that, without that belt today. And thank you for sharing your testimony today. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Raise your hands. I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Praise, Praise God. It's so good to be in the house with you guys today. Um, I'm going to go through just a couple of uh, quick announcements. Um, giving boxes are hung on the wall for those giving through cash or check. Um, get your tithe in. Gosh, blessings come from that. There's a men's meeting uh, this Tuesday at 7 o'clock for all men and their sons. Come on out. Have a good time with them. Healing Hearts is Tuesday, September 2nd. Is that, yeah, sorry. Tuesday, September 2nd. 
That doesn't seem like the right date. Is that the right date? Thursday. Oh, it said Tuesday. Sorry. Thursday, September 2nd. Healing Hearts, come on out for that ministry at 7 o'clock. Um, just to reiterate, the Ranger Campout, see, please, please see David Bush if you have any questions on that. Friends Day. How many has a friend? How many could use a friend? There's a lot of hands not raised, and my heart breaks for you. I will be your friend. Okay. But if you're going to be my friend, you got to come to Friends Day, September 19th. We are having a service where we want you to invite somebody, make a friend, become a friend, maybe get to know your friend a little bit better. We're going to have a good time. It says bring a friend, come fellowship outside with your church family and, fr and new friends. The church will provide lunch. There's going to be a lot of activities for the kids, some surprises. So come join us for a fun day on September 19th church camping weekend september 24th through 25th there you and your new friend can now go camping on september 24th and 25th but it all builds back on friends day to take that new friend camping so september 24th and 25th there's information out at the visitor's desk for all our wildlife camping friends um, don't forget about marriage conference the friend that you're currently married to please take them to the marriage conference deepen that friendship that's a good one to deepen um, probably better not make any new friends there maybe just couple friends I don't know this is getting out of hand okay and finally bring snacks for Susie's snack drive this September bring them um, we'll have a special place set out front for you to bring them tell the friends that you're going to bring on friends